I'm talking about the glorious appearing, the, the return of Jesus. I want to just go look to the word that shows us um, that he's coming back. And then just take a few simple thoughts that would show us then how do we respond to that? How do we live in light of that? How, how should we daily be um, walking this out? Let's look to the word here in Acts, our first scripture, Acts 1:11, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And then 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's carve this out, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is supposed to be comforting scripture to us. It can seem kind of intimidating. It, it might cause some fear. We might be thinking like, Lord, don't come yet. I've got things to do. But we're going we're gonna to look in the word today to see how that shouldn't be our mindset at all. We should be about uh, the Father's business. We should be about expanding the kingdom on his behalf. And I have a question for you. How many of you, uh, you might be like me, you're not so good at waiting for something. You're on tech support. How many just love to wait on hold for tech support? I don't at all. I, I'm not very patient with this. And uh, if they don't decide to, to answer my call, you know, within a certain period of time, I'm just like, Meh. you know, done with you. I can't stand the music they play anyway. It just literally, like, as a musician, it's just super annoying. I'm like, some guy got paid to write that so that I could be annoyed for, for five minutes on the phone. Or you walk into a, a, a restaurant, a business establishment, and they, there's no one there. And you're like, hello, anybody here? What's going on? That makes it very frustrating, right? What do you want to do? You just want to leave and say, I'll go somewhere where they'll take my business. And even worse yet is when you walk in and there's someone there and they're like, they're wiping tables and they're just staring at it and they don't even look up and say anything to you. That just makes me like, I don't want to wait. I'm going to move on. I'm going to transition from here. I'm going to go on about my business. But isn't it much better when at least the person looks up and says, hey, Bob, glad you're here today. Someone will be with you in just a minute, even if they can't help you. What does that do? Doesn't that give you a sign that something's coming? Doesn't that give you a little clue that maybe, maybe I can wait, maybe I can stay engaged and anticipate what's happening here? It's so much better. It's so much better when they say, you know, I, I, I can help you in just a minute. But without any evidence, without any encouragement, without any signs, we tune out and we just turn away. And in this, in our society, in today's culture in particular, man, we've got like a nanosecond of an attention span. We're scrolling through. Uh, if you're like me, I watch uh, the, the videos without the sound. And it's like, if it's not interesting in a couple seconds, I'm passing it on by. So we're kind of, we, we have no patience to wait. We just want to be about whatever it is that we, we want to do. So we can relate to that. I was thinking about how, how many of you um, have an RV and like to travel? How many of you drive maybe, maybe out west? Have you ever driven through the state of Kansas? Come on. Does it not seem like this is never going to end? It's flat forever. 
And if we would lock into the mindset that, well, this isn't going to change, then I probably won't ever, you know, see anything else. We could, we could falsely believe that, well, the world is just completely flat forever. I'll never hit a mountain range. I'll never, I'll never end up on the ocean because I'm basing what I anticipate on what I'm experiencing now. And I'm basing what I think is going to happen based on what I've already been through. That wouldn't be smart. We'd be in for a big surprise. I remember as a, as a young boy, we always uh, spent the night at my grandma's house, and we loved it because she, she spoiled us and had candy, and, and that's where, where I first fell in love with dogs. I have a new puppy. If you follow me on social media, that's all you see now is my puppy. And so it was just a, a warm family environment, and my grandmother brought me great comfort in times of distress. And we live in, I just want to make this clear for all of you who, who get a little confused. I'm from Iowa, which isn't Ohio or Idaho. It's Iowa. It's a real place. People are actually from there. You know, the Iowa caucuses happen there. So those are, those are often confused. And uh, growing up there with my grandma, we're kind of still at the top of Tornado Alley, so you can get some bad storms in there. And I remember one night, the wind just howling through the windows, and woo, it was just, it was scary, and I was a little kid, and, and, and she knew I was, I was scared. And so she would comfort me, and she called my name. You're going you're gonna to know my secret name as a boy, which I don't go by now, Jamie. She said, little Jamie, this house has been here for 100 years, and it's going to be here for 100 more years. And I thought, no, it's been here 100 years. It's going to collapse any second now because this terrible windstorm is going to blow it over. But she is like so many of us that are like, well, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed for all this time, so nothing else is going to change. I can depend on the fact that my house is here and it will always be here. Maybe we're getting into this thought that since the Lord hasn't come yet, He's probably not going to come in my lifetime. It's pretty much, you know, didn't he say he was going to come back way back in the Bible, and that was thousands of years ago? So I want you to get this picture, and it's going to be uh, strong in your minds after I show this video, but it's like the watermelon. Has anyone in this room ever taken the watermelon and put rubber bands on it one at a time? Have you ever tried that? Have you seen what happens? Okay, so let's think about that. Let's look at that video for a second. Just like that, just like that it happens. 
You know, it's interesting. If you, because of that high-speed video, you watch them. They don't react when that thing starts to explode. They're just sitting there because you're seeing not in real time. It happens so fast, they're, they're, not, they're never ready for it. You're never ready for that to happen. But there's actually signs that it's going to happen. I watched this science guy show with my daughter um, that she really likes, and they did this, and he explained, you know, all the physics behind it. But one of the things that happens, you can tell those things are about to burst. The top gets, like, sweaty. Like, water starts coming out, starts oozing, and you can see it do that shape. You know it's about to go. So there's clear signs that something's going to happen. You just don't know it's going to happen. You don't know which rubber band is going to cause that thing to explode. So Jesus said, when you see these things, when you see these signs, know that the end is coming. Let's look in Luke 21, verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity of the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the power of the heavens will be shaken." Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. He said there'll be signs in the heavens. And so it's just like when Jesus came the first time, the star of Bethlehem, the planets aligned, there was heavenly signs that said, I'm coming. And just like the angel told the disciples that were there when he left, he's coming again just like this. He's coming back. So it's a look up type of a thing. Look to the heavens because they will tell you. And I want to keep reading in that same passage where Jesus talked about this and picking up in verse 29, Luke 21, verse 29. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. How many of you have watched the news and seen that there's some major um, signs in the heavens? There's some planets, planetary alignment things that, have, that haven't happened for hundreds of years, sometimes thousands of years. Um, the, the heavens are showing us that there's things taking place. Uh, we're experiencing extreme weather phenomenon. Jesus said here that the... Um, the seas, right? The oceans. So these huge storms, these massive cataclysmic events are happening as a result of the oceans being churned up and the, the warming and the seas and things like that. So it's all around us. And it's as though if we're really paying attention, everywhere we look, there's a big sign that says Jesus is coming soon. And are we looking for that? Or are we staring at our phones? Are we looking up, are, are our eyes attentive to him? I want to share a few verses here uh, in God's word that says that same thing. And I know it said it then, but I want you to hear it like this just in. Can we hear it like he's saying this just in? Revelation 22 and verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And I pray that would be our prayer, that that would be our response. Amen come. We're ready for you to come. And then Matthew 24 and 42, therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And then Matthew 24, 44, 
So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You know, no one really knows the time. You can tell as soon as someone writes a book or tries to tell you, I know the exact date, that that is not correct, because the Bible says no one knows. We need to be ready for him to come. We don't, we don't need to be worried so much as to what day it actually is going to be. So the title of our series is Navigating. And when you think about navigation, uh, you think of needing some fixed points, right? You need something that's a sure point. You need a horizon line. You need to know where north is. So these scriptures and, and God's word will help us navigate. And the heart is that we're actually going somewhere. We're looking to Jesus. We're looking to his returning. And so what is pulling us towards his returning? That's how we're going to live now in preparation for him to come back. And so uh, navigating would be like us taking inventory. And it would be like us examining ourselves. Let's go over in Luke 21 and verse 34 through 35. But take heed to yourselves... Look at your neighbor. Is your neighbor yourself? No. Who are we taking heed to? Say, that's me. That's you. You're taking heed to yourself, not your neighbor. Christine, I'm going to take heed to myself. You're going to take heed to yourself, right? And together, we'll be, we'll be doing what God wants us to. Take heed to ourselves, lest our hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. A couple things here. Uh, the drunkenness thing, it, it could be obvious to, to say that, well, you know, I don't get drunk all the time, so that's no big deal. But he's, he's making a larger point that says we can be fully intoxicated or consumed with the matters of our life, the affairs of our life building our retirement portfolio, raising our kids, raising, you know, helping raise our grandchildren, um, establishing our goals, doing our bucket list. And that can become so overwhelming and, and infiltrate our entire existence that we're not mindful of what the Lord wants. We're not mindful of the kingdom. We're not mindful of being ready to do what he wants us to do because it's about the kingdom of God moving through us. So I'm just going to give three real simple points, and the third point I'm going to unpack as to kind of a couple subpoints as to how we can navigate in light of what Scripture says here. So number one is don't hide in the hills and stare at the sky waiting around. Get to work. I just heard myself drop out. Make sure I'm still all there. So it'd be easy for me. I mean, I'm an introvert. I would love to move to Montana and live off-grid and just hide in the hills till Jesus comes. There's something very appealing about that to me. But then I wouldn't be fulfilling the work he's called me to. You can't share the gospel if you're not around other people, can you? I mean, you can't do signs, wonders, and miracles to anyone but yourself. And that's not what it's for. So don't retreat. Don't hunker down as we do when a hurricane comes. Get to work. And Jesus said this in Luke 19, verse 12. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, I want you to key in on this, do business till I come. Do business till I come. 
It's not look busy. I used to have a job in a grocery store, and it gets really boring when nothing's going on in the grocery store, but the manager was happy as long as I looked busy. So just make sure you look like you're arranging the cans, you know, sweeping the floor. That's not what God's talking about here. When he says do business, he's saying do the work of the kingdom. Multiply what I've given you. Multiply yourselves, uh, make disciples, and add followers of Jesus. Amen? So we want to, we know that that parable is talking about him and that he's going away and he's coming back. And when he comes back, he wants to find out what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? So we can't do that with our own plans and schemes. The second thought here is we can only do that when we're in him. So the second thought, remain in him so his work will continue through you. Remain in him so that his work will continue through you. John 15 verse 5 in the B portion says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear How much fruit? Much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We like to quote the apart from me, you can do nothing when it's like, oh Lord, there's seven piles of laundry today. Just help me, Jesus. But let's bear the much fruit. Let's get out there and really, really carve into how he's going to use us to multiply his kingdom, right? If, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So it's fruitful. All you got to do is get in a relationship with him and watch the fruit. And then 1 John 2, 28. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we're talking about his glorious appearing, his second coming, ready or not, here I come. When he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Are you confident today? Is there anything you would say, "Mm, I haven't been taking care of that, Lord. I'm a little negligent or neglectful. Let's be honest. I would have to say there are some things that I would say, uh, no, I haven't set my hand to. And I've been, in preparing for this, I've been saying, Lord, Lord, show me, help me, strengthen me, forgive me for where I've missed it, redirect me back to where I need to be so that I am confident. Yes, Lord, you're coming, and this is what I did. And it was all for you. Amen? And then finally here, uh, be an active participant in God's support system. He's provided a support system for you. He's provided a place for you to, um, to get to work, to remain in him. And guess what that support system is? Anyone know? The local church. Thanks, Karen. The body of Christ, not a church far away, not a church on TV, grace and peace, people, this is your local church. This is your body, and this is where you're a vital part. So he's coming back for his body, for his bride, and my question is, are you connected to the body? Not just are you aware that you're potentially a part of the body, because you're, we're part of the global body of Christ, but you're not an active supporter and, and growth contributor to the body until you're connected to a local body. Pick any organ in your body. Uh, liver comes to mind. If I took my liver out right now and just set it right here on the table, guess what? Is that still a liver? Yeah. Is it still part of my body? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's James's liver. We know. He just took it out. 
Is it now doing anything for this body? Absolutely not. Can it, can it bring health? Can the body work in cooperation with that liver for, for, for the, my body to do what it's supposed to? No, absolutely not. You getting that picture? It's super simple, but we make a whole lot of excuses why we can just be an organ floating off out. And, you know, we can, we can do our own thing. Remember this. This is the church body. So if you're watching, great. We know some of you can't be here. You're not ready to come back. You're still part of our local body. Um, if you're watching from, you know, some other country and are never going to be a part of this church, you're not part of this local body. The church on TV isn't your body. And here, let's think very rationally about this. Can you literally be involved in the lives of anyone else that goes to that congregation? No. Am I against the phenomenal teaching and preaching we hear from, you know, other great men and women of God? No. Am I against, you know, the powerful worship that comes from other large ministries? Absolutely not. But it is a misunderstanding that you're doing anything to be a part of the body by saying, well, I'll just, I'll watch that church and that'll be my church. That's not true. Those pastors can't be in your life. They can't pray for you. They can't really counsel you. They can't walk through life with you. They can't come over and rake your yard. They can't bring you food. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing this message loud and clear? That isn't where uh, the local church is. And then also, your gift does them no good. But you know where your gift does good? Here. Your gift does Bill and Leanne good. Amen? Your gift does Andy good. Andy at the soundboard using his gift is doing this local body good. And with technology, as much as we'd like to think that he could run sound from West Virginia, there's something dynamic and powerful that happens here with us when we're together. And I want to say one thank you, worship team, for getting up an hour earlier and being here at 7. Tech Arts, Andy, thank you for coming. Did you feel the presence of God in this room when we were worshiping? Did you know that God had something to do in that moment for you and through you? Same with you online. That was for you. But it's a local thing that happened locally for this body. Right? Yes, it has some universal, long-lasting spiritual, you know, ramifications. But let's get the picture of here of, of what, that's, what that's really about. So thank you. Um, so I want to admonish you. I want to encourage you. I want to invite you. It's a good thing. You get to do this. Find a place to serve. Find a place to serve in this church. And don't start with a grand end, all be all. This is what I'd like to do. Start with what you can do. Can you make a couple phone calls? Can you come and, and uh, you know, be an usher, be a greeter? You, if we had enough people doing all these things, you wouldn't have to do it, you know, six months out of the year. You might be on one week and off three. Do you realize how, the synergy and the power of the local body of Christ to do those things? And don't underestimate the power of what you can do as one person being connected to the body with your gift. I shared this first service. I'm going share, share this service um, we in the worship team are, are facing a rebuilding season like I've never seen since I've been here in 10 years. I don't get freaked out by that. I trust God. Uh, and I know because he's shown me in the eyes of the Spirit and as, as I pray and look to him that he, 
he spoke this to me recently. He said, I am about to do something here that I have never done here before. Who, who wants to receive that as a word in due season for this body? Um, do I know how? No. But I know when we get the revelation that it's up to us to be a part of this body, things could change. And so I said this. I said, what if every parent of a child, a son or daughter who's in fourth, fifth, sixth grade right now does a little inquiry and say, are you interested in music? Now's a good time to start taking piano lessons. Now's a time to start using your voice. And what if we said, besides worship ministry, any other area, we were going to discover what, what our children are gifted at and start raising them up and training them, not to be on American Idol, but to say the body of Christ at, in the local church of grace and peace needs your gift. Start there. Start there. This altar is going to be filled with young next generational people. I know it. And they're going to be leading us in powerful worship for what God wants to do here. A Genesis work, a new work, something like he's never done before. Amen? So develop and grow your gift and put it into place in the local body. See, you can't grow until you're planted. So the soil that God wants you to grow in is right here to be nourished in and to be raised up and released, and I believe he wants to do that. So as I finish today, here's the question. It'd be easy for us to give mental assent to, yeah, you know, Jesus is coming. It's on bumper stickers. I know you talked about it. I know the scriptures are. Or to say that I'm aware of it, or kind of I'm emotionally okay with it, or that my life's such a mess, God just come now and save me from this. But that isn't the point. And that isn't the, the truth. The question is, am I, James, living according to the things that you've asked me in, in God's word? Am, and am I demonstrating that I'm ready for your return? Can I be confident and unashamed at his return? That's the question. Let's just think about that question. Think about what we've heard. Think about that watermelon. That thing could go at any second. And you know what? Jesus could come at any second. And are we ready? Are we ready? Let's pray. Lord, we don't receive condemnation, condemnation from your word today. We receive encouragement. We receive empowerment from the Holy Spirit to carry uh, the work of the gospel in whatever you ask us to set our hand to here in the local church, in the Church of Grace and Peace. We do look for your glorious appearing. And I just ask that you encourage every heart here that for such a time as this, you've called us. For such a place as this, you've called us. In these crazy end times, in these pandemic times, against all that the enemy would be doing in the world, you have set us here to be lights, to be agents of, of the gospel. And so, Lord, help us to put our nose to the grindstone, to get to work, to begin multiplying what you've given us so that we can be confident and unashamed when you return. This morning, Lord, I know there's people here that may just be all flat-out backslidden, the phrase we use, and have been completely away from you. I thank you that you're calling them home and back into the kingdom. I ask right now that you just prompt their hearts to repent and say, I'm coming back. I'm going to focus on serving you, on loving you, on following you, on reading your word and spending time in prayer and serving here in the local church. And then, Lord, I know there could be someone here that just for some reason has never 
confessed you as Lord for the first time, never invited you into their heart. And so if anyone's here in the room that needs to make that, that commitment, it's this simple. Jesus, your Lord, I confess you as Lord. I believe you died for me. I believe the Father God raised you from the dead. I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, fill me with the Spirit of God, and strengthen me in the days ahead to walk in a way that's pleasing for you. So we pray these things, Lord, solidify it in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus is coming soon, church.